0: Good evening. I have a question for you. Do you love God? Do you love God? Prove it. Give me the date that love actually happened. When you first met Him, did you love Him? Tell me exactly when love actually happened between you and God. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, A lot of times people when they're in the church, when they get into a relationship with God, when they become a child of God, I don't know if they have a full understanding of what that word loving God actually means, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I've heard some analogies, some illustrations say, what is love like? And I heard someone say one time, is it like exercise? If it's like going to the gym, you go to the gym on day one, you've got no results. You look in the mirror and you still look the same. So you get up, you go to the gym the next day. You exercise, you you work out for an hour or two, and you go stand in the the front of the mirror, and you don't see any results. Obviously, it's ineffective. It's not working, so we quit. Or, do we believe that this is the right course of action, and we continue on that path, because we know in the end we're going to have results. And a lot of times when you look at relationships, there are some misunderstandings that take place in relationships, So just for a moment, let's talk about some of these misunderstandings that people have with relationships and try to, as we're talking about these, think about these in the respect of our spiritual relationship with God. Relationships are not about events. What I mean by events, it's experiences that we have with other people, and to think those experiences lead to the relationship. I've had plenty of experiences with complete strangers. Matter of fact, they're experiences that are deep They've been involved. Um, some of y'all know I do obstacle course races. Uh, I've got this, this thing I like to do where I go run 12 miles in the mud in ice cold water and electric shock. There's all kinds of things that happen during these races. And out on that field, there's a whole lot of camaraderie that takes place. You help complete strangers out to get over these obstacles. You encourage one another. And after you do one, you're known as a legionnaire in this group. But whenever I leave the field that day, I have no more relationship with that person than when I first got there. I might see them out and about. I'll never recognize them. So it's not about the events that we experience with other people. Another misunderstanding that we have about relationships is it's about intensity. It's about emotions. It's about enthusiasm. It's about passion. And when we have these things, these are what quantify a relationship. Well, I can tell you right now, I've had some intense experiences with people in this world, and we're still strangers. Anybody ever been Black Friday shopping? Anybody ever had road rage? You've had an intense experience with somebody. Do you have a relationship with them? No, you don't. I've even had near-death experiences with other people. And I'm no closer to them now than I was when we had that experience. So it's not about that. But what relationships are about is consistency. It's about consistency. Let me give you an example. You go to the dentist twice a year, or you should. And if you only go to the dentist twice a year and you never brush your teeth every day, your teeth are going to fall out of your head. You have to consistently brush your teeth every day in order for it to keep your teeth. You go to the gym. I know some people here go to the gym and work out. If you go to the gym and work out for nine hours, one time, That's not going to make any changes. But going 20 minutes a day every day for a period of time is going to make a change. It's about the consistency. And when it comes to this relationship with God, a lot of times Christians feel that this intensity that they have, these intense things that we do, that's what quantifies this relationship with God. I go to I go to worship service on Sunday morning. I go on Sunday night. I go on Wednesday night and boom, I've got a relationship with God. But it's not about that. Those things are vitally important. But sometimes it's the mundane, monotonous things, like brushing our teeth, which is the consistency which helps us establish that relationship with God. If you have your Bibles, open me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to look at some of these monotonous, mundane things that we do or should be doing, like brushing our teeth, which is when you have a culmination of these things, that's what really helps us establish relationship. And like the first question I ask is, do you love God? Prove it. Tell me when love happened. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, we read, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. This is part of brushing our teeth. This is part of the 20 minute exercise every day. Looking at this word. Studying this word. It says to be diligent. To be one who can rightly divide the word of God. I can't have a relationship with God. Because right now. When I look at this book. What I should see. What I should feel. Is the breath of God. This is God speaking to me. And if the only time that I see this is when I'm in this building, that's the the false intensity that people think. I'm in the building, I'm hearing the Word of God, I've got a relationship. It's more than this building. It's the everyday, monotonous reading of the Word of God. And when you read the Word of God, it's not about somebody is telling me what's in there, but I'm learning it for myself. I'm understanding it for myself. And when somebody comes to me with a question... Or I'm in a scenario, in a situation with friends, coworkers at school or wherever, and something is said that I know is not the truth, I can say, you know what, I've got a different opinion about that. Because I know what it says. It's the consistent reading of the Word of God of where we learn to understand what He has said. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, three simple words. Here's some more brushing of your teeth. Pray without ceasing. The idea of prayer. We think about prayer. What is it? Well, that's whenever you're at worship service and it's time for the prayer. You know, it's in our our schedule for the prayer and the man gets up there and he says the prayer and we listen to him. Sometimes we listen to him. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes our stomach's are growling. We're thinking about what's for lunch or we're thinking about the game that's going to be on. No, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is one of the only ways that we have to communicate with God. Think about the other relationships you have in your life. Think about parents, spouse, friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it might be. And if you were to talk to them as much as you talk to God, how would your relationship be? Would you even have a relationship? We need to make sure that we're constantly talking to God. That's, again, more the brushing of teeth, the consistency where we are constantly talking to God. In good times and bad times, a lot of times when we pray, it's always about something that's going on that's negative, something that's bad, something that's going on. How often do we talk to God and thank Him for the good things? Thank Him for the things that have happened that are positive in our life. How many times have we thanked God for a negative thing that happened because it helped us grow as a Christian or grow as a person? Talking to God. Having this consistent prayer life always knowing that no matter what's going on, I can talk to God. I can have this relationship with Him, and I can talk to Him about anything. Because, you know, you can talk to people and tell people all kinds of struggles going on in your life. And you know that person, you may not know the person, and you, you're you like, well, are they, if I tell them, are they going to tell somebody else? Is it going to get it spread out there? We never know, because people are human. But whenever we talk to God... Just me and God, I know for a fact, nobody else is going to know about it. nobody. and I can go to him in secrecy, and I can tell him my deepest, darkest fears, my most heinous secrets I don 't want anybody to know, and he can help me through them. That's the kind of relationship we need to have. this consistent prayer life. There again, in second Timothy chapter two, verse 22. Here Paul tells Timothy, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Avoiding bad company. Not being in the wrong crowd. My family and I went out to eat Friday night and I was talking with one of the waitresses there and and we were talking and and I told her we just moved here and she looked at me and said, why? Why? I said, what do you mean? I said, I love this. I said, you better hang on to your kids. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, I've been in and out of this town. She said, this town is like a black hole. You can leave, but it always sucks you right back to it. I've lived here and come back. i lived there and come back. She said, I've had nothing but trouble around here, but I've been hanging around the wrong crowd. She said, hang on to your kids. Don't let them get involved in the wrong crowd. That's what he's talking about there. You hang around and you, you surround yourself with people who have the same common interests as you, those who call on the Lord. Not having that bad company. And if you cannot be the influencer, if you cannot be the leader in your group, you find a group of people that you can be in that will lead you in the right direction. That's part of the consistency. Because I can tell you now, from when before I became a child of God, and now that I am a child of God, there's a completely different genre of people that I want to hang out with. Completely different. I mean, I... Probably most people can say this, but before I became a child of God, I hung out with scoundrels. I hung out with people that were not leading me in the right direction. I don't want that now. I don't want that now. So there's a consistency of of surrounding yourselves with people who have a common interest of wanting to be with God. These are the things that are going to help us know about this relationship we have with God. When we can fall in love with God. And then in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29. Simply says. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification. That I may impart grace to the hearers. Oh be careful little tongue what you say. This is not just a song for our children. This is a song that teaches us. Watching our mouth, watching our tongue, watching what we say. Because you can have a relationship, you can be doing all kinds of positive things, but you say one negative thing, one bad thing, and it spoils the whole batch. Watching our tongue. And what I really like about what Paul says here, he says, first of all, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, what is good, necessary for edification. edification. Only speak those things that are necessary to build other people up. That's what's necessary. These are the things. This is the consistency that needs to take place in order for us to know at what point, what date and what time we have fallen in love with God. And like I said, it's not one particular thing, but it's a culmination of all these things that take place that help us literally fall in love with God. You know, going to services and our prayer, and our reading, and our fellowship, the ups and downs that we have with God, um, the ups and downs we have with the walk, the good and the bad, a culmination of all these things, this is how we fall in love with God. By all these things. And, and when you think about it with relationships, I guess, I guess a good way to compare this is you think about the relationship, married couples in with your spouse. We can say that the day I, I looked at her, I just fell in love with her. Did you really? Did you really fall in love with her? Or was it over a period of time that the good things that she did for me and the good things I did for her and all these things that happen in a relationship that you wake up one day and you're like, you know what? I really love her. I know that I loved her then, but I really love her. I really love Him. And that's the way it is with God. You've got this culmination of all these things that take place and as a child, you know, as you know, a teenager or a young child, you, you've heard the gospel and you come forward. You decide you want to have your sins washed away. At that point, do you love God? You do, but not in the way we're talking about here. That's where it starts. That's relation, where, the, where the relationship starts. And then when you think about relationships, raise your hand if you've never had a problem in a relationship. Relationships. Now, oh, wait a minute now. Relationships are complicated. They are difficult because they have so many different factors in it. We are going to bicker and fight in a relationship. Turn if we to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. I'm going to start reading in verse 36. Acts 15, beginning in verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take, them, take with them the one who departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark And sailed to Cyprus. But Paul took Silas and departed. They had a fight. They had an argument. They want to take Mark? No, I don't want to take him. He was not there with us. There's going to be complications in relationships. But if you move forward to 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, although there's complications, although there's going to be fights, love always prevails. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 11, here Paul in prison, writing to Timothy, says, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to the ministry. Love always prevails. We are going to have complications in relationships. We might have a complication in our relationship with God. We might, you know, People get mad at God when somebody passes away at an early age. They get mad at God. But God is never going to get mad at them. Life happens and things happen. But in relationships, it'll be complicated. But love always prevails. Let me give you an example of myself. Um, I have three brothers. I have a half-brother that's a few months younger than me, and then two younger brothers that are 12 or 13 years younger than me. And when me and my brother, Sean, who's just a few months younger than me, we about 12 years old, my mom and dad saw that we were just really getting on each other's nerves, and it was just eating us up. We were ready to kill each other. Now, I don't know if DCCFS would like this, but they took all the furniture in the living room and they spread it to the walls. And they sat down on the couch and they looked at me and Sean and said, go at it. And we tore each other up. I mean, we were busting each other up, bloody, all kinds of stuff. And they stopped it before I threw them through the front door because we had a glass front door. I mean, we were hot. We were mad at each other. Later on that year, I got in trouble at school. One of the bullies at school was messing with My brother. And I tore the bully up. We may fight. But he's mine. And I'm going to protect him. And I'm going to die doing so. And God did the same thing for us. We may fight with God. But you know what? He's going to protect us. Because he sent his son to die for us. Because we belong to him. Love always prevails. And then another thing about relationships relationships require courage. Because you know, it's not always hard to stand up against outside forces, outside pressures that are coming in. And people who have the ability to stand up against outside pressures, those are the ones who have realized that this is the point, hey, I have fallen in love with God, and this is what I'm going to live my life for. Turn for a while to Galatians in chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who are the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel... I said to Peter, and you go on into his speech, and he basically is standing up to Peter and saying, you're being a hypocrite, and you're pulling these people away. I'm sure it wasn't easy for him to do that. But the reason he could do that is because of verse 20, where he says, I have been crucified with Christ, is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He had courage because of the relationship he has with God. He knew the moment that he fell in love with God. And when you think about courage, not only is it internal because we are in love with God and we're trying to do the right thing, but it's also external. Courage comes from this family right here. Every time we meet when we have a service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the invitation is offered. And that invitation is if anybody is struggling, if anybody's got problems going on in their life, come up here, tell us what's going on, or just say, I need the prayers, and this family is going to wrap their arms around you to help you with whatever's going on. That's where the courage comes from, from, within this family. It gets us through the daily trials that we have throughout our lives. This relationship they have with God, when I first initially asked this question, do you love God? Can you pinpoint the date? Can you pinpoint the time that it happened? If you do love God in the respect we're talking about, you know when it happened. Or you'll know when it's going to happen. And like I said, relationships are complicated. But the relationship we have with God, which is also culminated with this relationship we have here, is what can help us get through depression. It can help us get through us feeling discouraged about the inabilities that we have, that we don't have talents or skills. But most importantly, the relationship that we have with our family that is an encouragement to us is going to save us from hell. Save our soul. Because we can look around and we can see people who love God. Who have a relationship with God. Several years ago, when I was in Bible college, I got to be around some of the greats. Basil Overton, V.P. Black. Matter of fact, um, I felt kind of encur- really encouraged. The one congregation I worked at, whenever I was sick, they would call in on one of these men to come and preach in my place. And I remember one time, uh, VP Black, some of y'all might know who he is, came and did a gospel meeting for us. And I was just you know, in awe to be there at his the foot of VP Black, this great gospel preacher. And he's up there and he's preaching and he's reading and he's got his Bible up there and he's reading it like he, he's Quoting his scriptures. And he's got 20 or 25 scriptures he's doing throughout the sermon. Anybody have a Bible with a tag in it? Where does that go? Oh, his Bible was upside down. He knew the word of God. He studied it constantly. And that was an encouragement to me. That I want to get to that point where I can do that. I'm still not to that point. I can't quote scripture to you like that. But to have that kind of a relationship. And when you think about this relationship, like I said in the beginning, do you love God? And I'm going to ask you that tonight. Do you love God? If you are here tonight and you are not a child of God, you don't have to love God in the respect that we just talked about tonight. But what you have to do is you have to know what He's done for you and what you must do in order to change. have to have this relationship with Him. Like I said, it starts by coming forward. By confessing your sins. By having your sins washed away in the waters of baptism. And like I said, there's, there's nothing special about the water that's here behind me. It's just good old Warren County tap water that I won't drink. But what it represents, it's what's so special. It represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's where the relationship starts. And you become a child of God, you get up out of that water, and it's not like, boom, I've got a relationship with God. It's, this is where it starts. Now I'm on the uphill climb, and it's a constant uphill climb all the way. And you say, wait a minute, I don't like climbing hills. I remember one of my obstacle courses I did one time, it was a Milky Way farm in Pulaski, Tennessee. And we got to this hill, it was another hill. I'm like, not another hill! And there's a sign there that says, don't look at it a hill, look at it as an elevation opportunity. And the thing was, there were other people that were going up that hill, and we helped pull each other up. When you start that relationship with God, it's the same way. There's so many people right here that are on that hill, and they're going to help pull you up. It's an uphill climb. So if you are here tonight, and you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, you don't have to love God in the respect that we're talking about, but you must understand what He did for you. He sent His Son to die for you, and you have to do something to make a change. Because in the end, there is no alternative. There's other people out there that tell you that there's this this opportunity or this alternative or or this way of salvation or that way of salvation, but it just doesn't work that way in the Scriptures. There's only one way. By coming in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ, being buried in His blood, and coming up out of that water and starting that relationship. So if you're here tonight and you want to take that step, or if you are here and you're a child of God, and you've got something amiss in your life, and you need the prayers of the church, why don't you come now while we stand and while we sing.